passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard and Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith from the BTN Network. And Howard, um, how about we just try to figure out the quagmire that is the Big Ten West? Because <laughs> I, I, I was watching the show yesterday and you guys put up the graphic. And I was shocked to find out that Iowa probably may have the best shot at winning this thing. And we all left them for dead in the middle of the year because they couldn't score. Right. You think about it. They've got, what, uh, Minnesota and Nebraska left. You know, they're in a pretty good spot. If you talk about the teams that, that still have opportunity, which I think everybody does except for Northwestern, Iowa's probably in the best position to, to be able to to go rep, rep, represent the West. And like you said, we had them all for dead a couple of weeks ago, and they put something together and, they're playing in a pretty good spot right now. Right. And I guess let's, let's go backwards. What, what's going on with your Illini, man? I- Illinois, I, I thought this was a cakewalk for them. Now, here's the thing. I think we're writing them off. They can prove it this weekend. They going into Ann Arbor. They beat Michigan. They upset the college football apple cart, but they'll help themselves out. Howard, what's happened in these last two games with, with, with Illinois? Well, I think one of the things that we've seen, really, particularly last week versus Purdue, you saw them get out of character, really, uh, from where they were. And obviously, Chase Brown had gone down, but you saw a team that was really chippy. Uh, and I'm not saying it was just Illinois. I think with both teams, for whatever reason, um, but it seemed like Illinois really got out of character and started getting personal fouls. I think it was, what, 11 penalties for 121 yeah. yards? You're not good enough to win that way. And then... With the offense struggling a little bit, you know, they just weren't finding their groove. And the reality is this is the Purdue team that we've seen earlier. This is a team that when they struggle, they are really bad. But when they're on, whoo, they're tough to deal with. And 
that's what Illinois ultimately ended up running into. Yeah, because when I look at this, I think what Minnesota has to win both games. They need Illinois to lose and Purdue to lose. Purdue has to win both games. They need an Iowa loss. It's it's I, Illinois needs to win both games and the Purdue loss. But I think for Illinois, you got to do something that nobody else has been able to do. You go into the big house and and, and defeat the University of Michigan, who what given up three three points in the second half of most games. They start slow, but yes. they always end up picking up in the second half. Howard, is this something that's sustainable? Because when I look at this. I, I I don't think that that formula works against from Ohio State to the Georgias to the Tennessees to the teams that'll be in the college football playoffs. I I don't I don't see that working and and it's it's frustrating because people are like well they're holding back plays I'm like guys I don't think they're holding back plays it's similar to what they did last year except for last year they were able to jump out early on teams but when I see them struggling against teams that let's be frank they should be killing on the field but another week another you know lackluster first half but then they just shut you down in the second half I I don't think this is sustainable if you're trying to win a national title yeah I think it's tough to sustain something like this but but here's the reality and what Michigan has been able to do really the last two years and you just mentioned it you know they've been able to play their brand of football the way they've wanted to play and really be able to have the success doing it and you know, they can't continue to start slow. Obviously, they know that, but they now have to continue to, to, to fight their way and find a way to, to make things happen. Now, you know, it's one of those things. One thing that I think they really got to figure out, and I think Illinois is going to have a chance to, to figure this out, is that, um, you know, they've got a chance. Uh-oh, come on there, Gigi. We got a co-host. Gigi, not cooperating okay? <laughs> We're going to try to put her down and see if uh, she can go do something else. We'll find out real quick. Hey, we could always but get a new co-host. something that they haven't done, really. And um, if they don't figure it out quickly, they're going to have some serious problems. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the thing, man, is when you go up against the bigger boys, this works against some of the, the lesser teams in the Big Ten. But I, I, I'm just like, man, because I, I, I got to think, you know, I guess going back to this upcoming game coming up, and we, we can you know, break this down a little bit more on Thursday, but, you know, it's, it's, if Chase Brown is in the game, because I know he got injured on the, what, yeah. the second to the last play of the game, if he's there and you keep this game close against Illinois, Illinois has the pieces, I think, to grind this thing out and to make this a competitive game. We haven't had to see what Michigan's going to do you know, when 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 pressured in the second half, because this is normally where they go for the style points and they go for the right. jugular. But yeah, that's that's just been my biggest concern with them. But yeah, they've they've managed to do something that the other Big Ten teams have not stay, you know, relatively healthy. I mean, Ohio State seems like they keep losing people each week. Running back, uh wait, wasn't Henderson. It was the um Henderson and Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams went down this last time. So Henderson, they're hoping to get back. I mean, they're they're starting to run out of players. We st- I'm still waiting to see what Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He plays, and I think the Buckeyes have a chance to win the national title. If he doesn't, and we really don't know what's going on with him, now I, I think they're going to struggle. As much as I like Marvin Harrison Jr., I think you need – Smith and then Jigba on the other side of him, and that's what makes the Buckeyes dangerous. Yeah, and you look at it this way. When you look at Michigan, when they struggle a little bit, one of the areas outside of the deep ball on the offensive side is the 50-50 ball on the defensive side. 
So if you have, if Ohio State has all their complement of weapons uh, at the wide receiver spot, then that puts that Michigan uh, secondary, you know, at risk a little bit. Uh, they have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback to make things happen there. But but I think you're right. Ohio State's starting to lose a lot of players, but we're really starting to see one of the reasons why they're so good because they just have the ability to to plug some of these young guys in and, and they're making plays for them and it's really working out for them. So, you know, we're going to have to find out you know, as the, as the season continues to progress. But look, this Michigan team has found ways to win in the second half, control games the way they need to do it. So I don't expect them to continue to do anything different. Howard, looking back, we got two more weeks of the Big Ten before we get to the Big Ten championship game. Has this season gone the way you thought it was going to be? Or is it, who's that been that surprise team that either for good or bad that you're like, wow, didn't see this coming? Well, I think you have to look at Illinois. Before two weeks ago, you know, they were a surprise team, right? And, and I think what it is is that we have more teams that probably have, have underperformed. When you look at Iowa and you look at Wisconsin, you know, those teams have underperformed but also found a way to, to turn around and win games. And the other thing, it's really been about when you look at Michigan and you look at Ohio State, those are the teams that really uh, everybody expects them to play well, and, and they have. They've, they've lived up to the billing. Yes, they have some things they have to correct, but I think it's about the other team. You look at Maryland. Maryland was playing so well. Mm -hmm. And then once they get into November, they seem to struggle. Penn State bounced back after the Michigan game and really has played really well. And to me, in the last two weeks, has probably been the best overall football team in the conference. So they're doing it with some young players as well at the running back position, at the linebacker spot, but they're making things happen. So... I think pretty much the season has probably gone according to, to formula. You know, we all want to see this Purdue jump out and make some plays, but it had, they haven't been able to sustain it, and they do well sometimes, And but you don't know which team you're going to get. Right. And I, it sounds like Gigi agrees with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? It's, it's funny because you, you mentioned all those teams. I do think that Penn State's the team that, this episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Everybody's forgotten about because they can't win the Big Ten. So they're just kind of thrown into purgatory. They're playing good football, but nationally, it's like, yeah, well, it's Michigan, Ohio State, and everybody else. And for them, you're right. Penn State is, is reeling off a bunch of games. They got uh, Rutgers. They're at Rutgers this week. They finished up the year with Michigan State. I'm looking, they'll probably end up in a New Year's Six game if they keep this thing going the way that they're playing. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that that Penn State thing. I do want to go. Yeah. I do want to mention something, and 
I, I love I love getting your perspective on this because you don't live in this state, so you you you're yeah. kind of unbiased. Now, I like the fact that you're not from here, so you're you're kind of unbiased when it comes to this uh, of looking at things. And I'm going to ask yeah. you the question: Mel Tucker, Allen Holler said we're going to wait for the uh, for the University of Michigan police report before they figure out what to do with the suspended players from the tunnel incident that happened a couple of weeks ago. Right. The police report finally comes in, and now it's getting kicked up to the prosecutor. Now, in this state, it, it almost feels like it's going to be real because it's a podcast, and I don't have to be PC on this. It feels like mm-hmm. it's gamesmanship. It feels like this is one of those things that because it's the University of Michigan police, they're just going to drag this thing out, and in the end, when the season is over, they're going to come back and say, yep, you know what, nothing happened. At what point, I mean, I guess if you're a coach, if you're a male Tucker, do you just keep adhering to this or do you just say, guys, it's been two weeks. If, if this stuff happens on the field, these players would have been suspended for a week or two. What are we doing here? Or do, or because you said, well, I'm going to wait to see what happens with the police report, Are you kind of have you landlocked yourself into this where there's nothing you can do? Yeah, I don't think it's a situation where they landlock themselves. Uh, I, th- I think ultimately, um, both leaders, the football team and obviously the, the athletic department and the university, they have to do what's in the best interest uh, of the university. And it, it's tough, but I don't know that these guys are going to make it back out onto the football field. Um, you know, it's a tough situation that they're involved in right now. And until things clear up from a legal standpoint, because that's what it turned into, a legal issue. Um, until that happens, I don't think we're going to have any issues or anything resolved on the football field uh, for these players. I guess because I'm thinking if it does go to a legal thing, if I'm Mel Tucker, it, I can just be like, okay, here's the thing. If this goes legal and you guys arrest them, I'll have them sitting on the curb waiting for you. But until then, they've served their two weeks. I'm going to go ahead and move on because I think you guys are dragging your feet. Like I said, that's just me. That's what I would do. But that's then again, that's why I'm not in university politics. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Mel's going to do that. I think he's going to adhere to the suspensions that are out there. And I think bigger than that, uh, the athletic department, I don't think it's going to allow the players to participate until, you know, they have something resolved from a, from an athletic department standpoint. And that's why they, I think they went with the suspensions and have those out there. And now it's just a matter of the legal process taking its course and I understand Michigan fans, Michigan State fans aren't going to be happy to have their best players not available to them. But this is uh, kind of what happens when you get inside of the legal situation. That's true. Fair enough. Now, Howard, I mean, it, it, because the strange thing is since these guys have been out, the defense and the team really has picked up their the way they played. And they've turned this thing around so much that if they win this weekend, they beat Indiana, they're going to become bowl eligible. And it didn't look that way you know, in the middle part of the season, how does something like this turn a team and and make them all of a sudden play better when you're actually, when you don't have some of your best players? Well, I think it galvanizes the team. I think one of the great things that happened to them, obviously, is they had a chance to go out onto the field uh, and play a game on the road. And that really helped them, uh, really galvanized from that standpoint. And, um, you know, listen, this is not an easy situation. I think you have to give a lot of the, the leaders on the football team Henderson, uh, a, a lot of great deal of, um, you know, respect and you know, kudos for being able to do this. Uh, 
the leadership of the coaching staff has really put things together and guys taking advantage of an opportunity. Some guys having a chance to play uh, more, more snaps probably than they had originally. And now all of a sudden, you know, things are going really well for him. So listen, I, I think Mel does a great job with his program. I know he's doing the right thing with them. It's a tough situation, but it, at the end of the day, you know, he's got to put the, the school in the best spot along with his football team. Right. All right, well, Howard, I'm going to change up gears. I was watching Kevin Warren um, was Sunday night, Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. He was on the set, and it was it was something that really didn't dawn on me, but, you know, NBC in a couple of years, when they sign that new part of the deal, they're going to be in there doing those Saturday night football games. It's, you know, it's, it's the Big Ten. They're going to be on that spot. They're going to be like, this is the college version of, you know, Monday night football, Sunday night football. <laughs> Well, you know, you may even get a Carrie Underwood uh, song, the intro song to come in. I, I guess, you know, how positive is this? Because I'm assuming that, you know, probably a lot of games are going to be USC and, and UCLA. But I look at it and I think this is something that I think is going to help out the rest of the Big Ten. Because let's face it, Fox is, you know, Fox is in bed. You know, they want to make sure that they get Ohio State and Michigan on. And I think every year they're just going to kind of build up to that game. And I get it. It drives the needle. People want to watch the games. But I'm thinking to myself, that, sun, that Saturday night game on NBC, that could be good for everybody else because it gives you that primetime showcase that, that, you know, that's nationwide, that nationwide appeal. Yeah, and I think that's one of the keys to it all, right? expanding the footprint, really getting people involved because, you know, the Big Ten Conference has alums all over the world. But you talk about the United States and and what they have uh, to be able to get into in the different regions that they want to be a part of. And it's really just about being able to put yourself in the best spot. And I think that's what really has happened. When you look at expansion, when you look at some of the deals that have been cut from a TV standpoint, that's what they've tried to do, put themselves in a position where they can go out and market themselves the best way they can. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of got excited because it, the reality kicked in, and I don't know why, but it was just like, yeah, they they gonna you gonna start seeing you know big time games late night, and yeah, the world world's gonna watch it. Look, I'm always been a late night game type of prime prime time game person. Mel Tucker came out and was like, no, I like the noon thing, get the game over. I saw him after the game. And I'm like, Mel, do you really feel this way? He was like, oh, I love it. I could go home and eat, watch the highlights, and 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 sit back and watch everything else. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm a prime. He was like, no, I know. I've heard you before. I know you like prime time. I'm all about the bright lights, man. Maybe, maybe that's just how I was raised, Howard. Well, you know what? I, I think, you know, this is important, right? But I think it comes down to eyeballs. For me, as a former player, I hated playing night games. I hated it because... All my buddies were done playing and I had you watch them around the country. You, right. Then you're trying to, you know, trying to hold back and trying to stay uh, dialed into the game, but not get too excited. Uh, but I love to get those games over with. But listen, it's about who drives the eyeballs and the needle. And that's the biggest thing that, that it comes down to. Uh, so, you know, we're going to continue to see these big time matchups. We'll see a lot of them. It's going to be great for athletics and, I think really at the end of the day, it comes down to that dollar that we've talked about. Right. And when you're in those primetime areas, uh, market or times, you're able to to really drive uh, ad and revenue sales. All right. Well, Howard, let's hook back up on Thursday. We'll start previewing this and figuring out who, 
your homework assignment. Tell me who's going to win the Big Ten West. I'm going to figure that out. And you know what? I'm going to get Gigi under control, too, so that I can get some things done. I, you know what? We oh, we can just get a pair of headsets for Gigi and just put her up here. <laughs> get it the looks dog like I'm going to need to. All right, man. For Howard Griffin, it's Rico Beard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. We'll see you again later on this week.